Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is the future of mobility and manufacturing with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in the automotive and industrial manufacturing industries and supporting ecosystems and help them move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're excited. This is the first time we're live streaming this series, one of our longest running and favorite, most favorite series of SAP Game Changers Radio. We're live streaming on LinkedIn. I want my panelists to please wave hello. Just there we go. Everybody wave hi. There's a delay of about a minute, so I'm watching us on LinkedIn. I'm watching us here live in the room. We have a very interesting topic for you today. Let me get started with a couple of what I call curated quotes. Then I'll get into what we're talking about, and then we'll have our three esteemed panelists. They're all from SAP today. Have them introduce themselves. So quote number one from Phil Jackson. Some of you may remember he was with the New York Knicks, NBA professional basketball player, and then a coach. And listen to this. The strength of the team is each individual member. The strength of each member is the team. Just let that sink in for a second. I'm trying to paint a picture here of what our topic is. I have a quote now from Dr. Alan Fromm, F-R-O-M-M-E, a psychologist, teacher, author. And among the many books he wrote, there was one called The Book for Normal Neurotics. I was intrigued, but that's not what this is all about. Listen up, Dave, like that. People achieve more as a result of working with others than against them. And I want you all to take away from that the word against. Just keep that in mind. We're getting to our topic in a second. And then finally, I I have a quote from Frederick Nael, N-A-E-L. He's an Indonesian writer of science fiction and fantasy short stories. And the quote here is, it takes both sides to build a bridge. Ah, a little bit, a little bit dreamy there, but let's see. So now I have a real quote from bcg.com. If designing a traditional business model is like planning and building a house, designing an ecosystem is more like developing a whole residential district. More complex, more players to coordinate, more layers of interaction, and unintended emergent outcomes. Business ecosystems, though similar to residential districts, cannot be entirely planned and designed. They also emerge. So now you know what we're talking about. Businesses, we're talking to you around the world. You talk about collaboration all the time. Yeah, we got to get together. We got to break down the silos, right, Dave? We got to get together. We got, But we got to talk to our business partners. And we need to move forward for business growth and ongoing success. But is it just talk? Really? Well, there's a challenge. How do you execute it successfully? But today, if you're talking about networking and building an ecosystem with your competitors, what happens with your intellectual property rights? How do you protect what's yours? How do they protect what's theirs? So collaboration across what we call now the value chain as a unified ecosystem with, now listen to this, with competitors, with customers, with suppliers that's a big ecosystem, is increasingly more important for staying competitive. And that's what you want to do. Who are the winners today? The winners are companies with broad partner ecosystems. They're bundling their products with customized offerings. They're offering financing and better terms. They're offering extended services. They're offering equipment maintenance. They're offering even application services. But some of this may come from partner companies who could be their competitors. New mindset is needed supply chain collaboration, strong networks, close customer engagement. I have three 
experts on the topic with me today. I want you each to wave for the visual audience here. We have Muriel Rakut Malal. We rehearsed how I'm going to pronounce her name. You have no idea how it's spelled unless you're seeing her on the screen, but it's Rakut Malal. That's how her parents call her. We have Dave Dunn. Dave, wave hello. And we have Matt hello. Raymond. Ryman. Am I getting Ryman right? Ryman. Ryman, there you go. I'm Ryman right there. We're going to ask them for their insights. And today we're going to take a special turn on this topic. It's a big topic, important for businesses all over the world. These three experts today are in the chemical industry. So we're going to position our statements in the context, in the perspective of chemical, but we're still talking about the business ecosystem, the networking as cutting edge networking for all industries. So our topic today is cutting edge business networks, the future of collaboration. Bonnie D in the house, that was a long intro, but I think you got, got the message. We're talking about building, we're talking about dynamics, we're talking about trust, <gasps> we're talking about protection, we're talking about that big word, collaboration. Let's go around the table and get introductions. Muriel Rakutmala, I could just spend an hour saying your name, it's like poetry. I'm sorry, I just like that. Muriel, we're so happy to meet you here and present you to our audience. By the way, we're also live audio on the Voice America Business Channel. And a shout out to our engineer today, who is Gabe. Muriel, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Would you do me the honor, please, of introducing yourself? Tell us what your expertise is and what's your passion? Why are you here talking about this? Welcome, Muriel. Bienvenue, bienvenue. Merci, Bonnie. Um, and welcome also from my side. And thank you so much for having me on your show today, Bonnie. That's really a great pleasure to be there with uh, my great uh, co my great experts, Matt and David, on this show. So uh, just a little bit about myself. As Bonnie mentioned in the introduction, I'm part of ACP team, where we're a team that focuses on the chemical industry. I'm actually a chemist by training. I have a PhD in chemistry. I started my career in the chemical industry. This was my dream, a weird dream for a 14-year-old, but I wanted to, to mix uh, things, molecules, and make new things happen in the world. And that's really how I got there and how I got to ACP at the end, right? So I was um, the pleasure, had the pleasure to develop new molecules and interact with um, people across a wild range of industry to develop this one molecule. And this is what really got me started with the network and the collaboration ID. And, and, and on the other side, when I'm not, I was not in the lab, I would play volleyball. And this is a team sport, right? I'm one of the shortest person you'll meet, and yet I still play volleyball. So I really highly depend on the skills of people who have much more longer arms and legs than me. So I leave the team thing for the IP in the lab. I lived it for 10 years, but I've lived this team spirit um, for about well longer than I want to say, actually, uh, for volleyball. That's all about me. Muriel, thank you so much. I love the way you related the topic to, to your background. But what's interesting to me is we talk about young girls getting into the STEM. Bless you. I know you have a cough today. Young girls getting into STEM. And if you're saying you were fascinated by molecules at 14, that's an inspiration. But that's also a green light. It says to girls, it's okay. It's okay. I love math. I was on the competitive math team when I was like 14 years old in what we used to call junior high. Now it's middle school. But anyway, it's just very interesting that some of us are attracted to those types of things. And we used to be called brainiacs or nerds. Remember those terms? Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a proud brainiac. That's fine. And I'm a proud I, I nerd. I flag. 
I'm a computer nerd from way back. So mm. delighted to meet you. Thank you. Appreciate your bio. Let's go to Dave Dunn. Dave is no stranger to this audience, except this is our first time live streaming him on LinkedIn yes. with us. So Dave, Thank I'll tell you, you what, Dave, yeah. I'm guessing because you've been on the show a couple of times before, I'm yeah. guessing there might be, I, I did the latest audience calculator. I'm guessing there are 11.3 people in the world who don't remember you from the last time you were on. So would you please update sure. those 11.3 people <laughs> and refresh their memories, who you are and what you do and why are you here today? Sure. Dave, welcome Thank back. you. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you, Bonnie. And um, yeah, so my name's David Dunn. I, and, and you uh, again, I, you can call me Dave. Um, and I have been in, I was a, uh, 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 you know, I was uh, by training a uh, chemical engineer um, and I have been in and around the chemical industry for 37 years now, hard to believe. And um, so I, I've always had a passion for the chemical industry. I actually started off in mechanical engineering and then had to take a chemistry class as part of, you know, the part of the curriculum. And I, I just, I was just enamored with chemistry and, and the fact that you know, I, I know we're, we've got a number that we throw around that we'll talk about later. But if you look at if you look at the chemical or if you look at the industry and you look at the world in general, anything that has kind of space and weight is considered matter and it's made of chemicals. So the only thing that kind of isn't chemicals is heat and, and these abstract things, right? So, um, so I've always been enamored. I'm married to, uh, speaking of females in the chemical industry, my wife is a executive in the chemical industry. My daughter is an engineer. Um, so I'm surrounded by a lot of, uh, a, a, a lot of really high, high uh, achieving engineers and females. So um, in my off time, same kind of thing as Muriel, I uh, play guitar and sing. I've been in bands for a long, long, long time. And a band is a team. You've got to all be on the same page at the same time. Timing has to be on and you all have to be there. Somebody doesn't show up to a gig, you got problems. So, um, I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Thank you. I didn't know that about the the high level chemical industry and other female nerds in your family. Glad to know that, Dave. We're doing we don't usually do the backgrounds on the hobbies, but Dave, I don't know if you know, I'm a drummer. Yes. So if you if you come over and sing, and my last band folded with COVID and all that, so maybe you and I could do a virtual band. We'll there we go. Something. I would love to. I have my drumsticks here, but I'm not going to reach over and get them. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dave. I'm sure everybody learned new information about you yep. today. And I have to do a shout out to your colleague, Judy Cubis at SAP, who is the overarching sponsor, along with Thomas Paul. Judy has sponsored this series for many years. It used to be called The Future of Cars. And then we yep. added manufacturing. We changed the word cars to mobility. So Judy, I know she's watching. I see some, we got some viewers here on LinkedIn. And uh, Judy, we're excited to bring this series to the live visual viewing audience on LinkedIn. Let's go to Matt Ryman. I got your name. I, I had less trouble pronouncing Muriel's last name than I did <laughs> yours, Matt. I don't know. It's one of those days. It's Tuesday. Matt Ryman, welcome. So happy to have you here. Would you please introduce yourself? Go ahead. Bonnie, thanks. Pleasure to be here with you. Love the show. And I'm Matt Ryman heading up our chemical industry business unit at SAP. So what does that mean? We're sitting in between our, our industry our companies and, and, and our development. So we're, we're the advisors driving our chemical strategy and really enabling success of the industry. So that's, that's what we do at SAP and we bring together really diverse skills 
um, coming from the industry, coming from business, from technology, bringing it all together to, to drive success in chemicals. Now, I have to say, from, from a school background, I, I don't have that strength in chemistry as, as Dave and Muriel, but I had the pleasure to grow up in the industry. So started my career in chemicals, so now 10 years in the industry. And I think this whole idea of collective intelligence, right, um, is a way I look to, to lead our team and, and lead the entire ecosystem supporting the industry, right? How do we strengthen our capabilities as a team, right? Collective intelligence. And I think, and again, what we're able to kind of bring people and processes and technology together, right? I think that's our vision. And then I would say one thing, Bonnie, and, and you know, looking back at your intro, you know, the winners being these companies, I would also say the winners are us, right? As a society, because we talk about these collective intelligence of an ecosystem, right? We're making products and molecules that impact society how we live every day so that's what we do in chemicals and and it's it's all interconnected going to be a great conversation today pleasure to be here thank you and i think the buzz term introduced by you matt ryman to me just now is collective intelligence and isn't that dave and muriel and matt isn't that really the point of what we're talking about cutting edge business networks ecosystems value chain aren't we talking about putting the not just smart but intelligent actionable what do you do with it how do you whatever your mission is make the world better make your community happier make people's lives a little bit easier it all goes together and that's what we're trying to do for companies to be competitive we just hope they're doing good stuff in the world mm -hmm. and that's what we're talking about today but just for our viewers and our listeners remember even though my three guests specialize in and they're all in the chemical industry what we're talking about today has bigger application to every industry, right, Dave? This is a yes. big topic, cutting edge business networks. And I wanna make sure we get to the part about working with your competitors, putting products, customizing things together so that you are building that new mindset of yes, together we're stronger. And all of my guests have already mentioned team, 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 right, Matt, right, Muriel, right, Dave? Team, 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 a band is a team, a team at work is a team, a sports team is a team. You gotta work together. And that's why I picked my three opening quotes. Let's go to quotes, speaking of quotes, let's go to quotes. And if you're new to the show, shame on you for not watching and listening all these years. I asked my guests on every Game Changer show to send me a fictional quote from a movie or a TV character, not a real person. We, we did the Einstein and Gandhi and, and Churchill and Drucker quotes for years fictional or from a song lyric that has nothing to do with our topic, literally, and then they're gonna tell us how they think it does. So we're gonna see how they think creatively. Muriel has sent us a wonderful quote. It's one word. I love the short ones, Muriel. Not just the short people who play play volleyball, but the short, yes, the short quotes. Uh, this is a quote from Ross Geller, played by the one and only David Schwimmer, the, the TV show, of course, Friends. This was, if you're looking back, it's season five, episode 16, the one with the cop. It was the 113th episode all overall in the series, and it was aired originally on February 25th, 1999. Friends, ensemble cast, look it up if you haven't seen it, where have you been hiding? Ross is moving his sofa up the stairs and he's repeatedly screaming, pivot, 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 at Rachel and Chandler. This was called an iconic moment by many viewers. So the quote is, pivot, Muriel. Is there a French word for pivot? And pivot. what it, pivot, 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 pivot. Can you please tell us how you found this, how you picked this and what does it have to do with our topic? Muriel, go ahead. Yeah. Whenever I'm asked for a quote, I also have like, you have the standard things, Gandhi and whatever. But when I think about, about um, 
the collective intelligence and and working as a team and network, this thing really springs to my mind. Not even because it's really it's a really funny moment. You have like two people completely incapable of moving a sofa up the stream, uh, trying to. To, to solve that problem. But then you have one who's supposed to be the leader who just yells at everybody else without even, even giving, giving any instruction as to what is supposed to be done, expecting other people involved to, to really solve the problem. And that's really where, where the networking fits together. You have to be able to first be clear about what your shortcomings are and then coordinate as a team to get that one big thing going through together. And at the end of that scene, something happens that uh, there's an alarm and then the entire building goes down the stairs and the actual sofa that he tried to save money on is broken together and he has to bring it back to the shop. And then instead of saving the $200 that he was supposed to save for the, for the, the delivery, he ends up with a voucher of $10 or something like this, I can't remember. And that's where really the, this, this, this strength was working together. You value what your shortcomings, you know what your shortcomings are, and you can put the money on what someone else can bring you. And at the end, everybody wins, right? It's not because you're saving at the beginning of your, of your services or something like, or, or of your value chain that you will at the end win because those people involved in your ecosystem have the strength that you do not have. And this is where the strength of the team, the strength of the collective intelligence really plays in. So that's my quote about pivot. You don't, you can yell all about it. <laughs> J'écoute, exactement. You're mm -hmm. right. Getting the strength from other players in the value chain, in the ecosystem. That's what we're talking about today. Thank you very much, Muriel. Dave Dunn, you have a very interesting quote, not the usual. It's from The Princess Bride, Rob Reiner's 1987 American fantasy comedy romance film adaptation of William Goldman's 1973 book. And this is interesting. This is said by the grandfather played by Peter Falk, the one and only, and he's talking to his grandson, played by Fred Savage, telling him a story, and the story comes to life. I love the quote, Dave. I can't wait to see what you're going to do with this one. The quote is, when I was your age, television was called books. Oh, Dave, regale us. Go ahead. <laughs> First of all, love the movie, and there are so many good quotes there, but as I think about, uh, you know, it goes with the pivot statement. It goes with uh, some of the other statements that we're going to get to. But supply chains and our, our approach to business process is going to continue to change. Um, we're seeing supply chain issues now. We will continue to see supply chain issues in the, in the, in the future. How do we adapt? So we can't just be thinking about, you know, I you can't be just thinking about, you know, how we did things when I was a kid. We have to be thinking about, okay, what's the future? And I, as an old guy, have to adapt to the, you know, the new norm and, and, and you know, and not, you know, not dwell on, you know, how, how things used to be, but things are going to continue to progress. And over the rest of my career and over Matt and Muriel's it's going to continue to progress and change. So I just thought that was a great way of saying life moves on. It certainly does. And it certainly has. And here we, here we are broadcasting our faces and our voices to people all over the world. And we're sitting in different parts of the world. And it has changed in so many ways. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate the quote. I'm glad you didn't pick. What was the one um, 
There's one inconceivable. That's inconceivable. The, fa <laughs> the, fa the famous quote from Vizzini, played by Wallace Shawn. Yes. He says, inconceivable. Yes, that's the one people usually pick, so I'm glad you found a different <laughs> one from The Princess Bride. Appreciate that. Matt Ryman has picked us a quote. Somebody used this on another show recently, and I love it. It's from Lloyd Christmas, played by Jim Carrey. We have such iconic actors being quoted today. To Mary, played by the lovely Lauren Holly. The movie, of course, is Dumb and Dumber. 1994 American Buddy comedy film directed by Peter Farrelly on and on and on uh, it has a cult following to the movie and here is the quote he is asking her I believe to oh, I'm gonna let you give the background for it Matt because I know you know the story so here's the quote so you're telling me there's a chance go ahead Matt yeah so yeah I mean dumb and dumber chemistry right do, do they do they have a relation I, I mean I, it's it's pretty funny but let's make the connect Bonnie so so background is is Lloyd making a a pitch to to his love interest right does he have a chance well ends up being one a million and he's pretty excited with his odds so I think I think occasionally we all need a little bit of Lloyd Christmas optimism and you know, if if we think about how one breakthrough in chemistry can can change our lives, right? Despite any odds, that's pretty exciting. 2019, the Nobel Prize in Chemistry was awarded for the creation of the lithium-ion battery. Now, this was back in the 80s when we created a battery. I mean, how important is that, right? When we look at the future of mobility and sustainability, it's all about uh, it's it's you know it's about chemistry, right? Enabling that. That, uh, that technology. And then in 2021, a new tool created, um, a new catalyst were, were created to create um, these chemical reactions, right, that can use for, for pharmaceuticals and for capabilities to, to enhance molecules in solar panels. So again, despite the odds, right, there's a chance because chemistry will help us create value, right, across the value chain in ways we like can't even visualize. So pretty exciting. Thank you very much. What's interesting to me, I was just thinking of it, Matt, when two people get together, people say, do they have chemistry? The on-screen chemistry, right? Do the characters relate in that special kind of buzzy way? Oh, are they, are they into each other? And here we're talking about the chemical industry. I'm sorry, I'm just going off on a tilt here. But I thought that was interesting talking about, and I, I've seen the scene, I've seen the clip of the two of them, and she says something like, not a, not a gazillion, one of the gazillion, he says, you mean there's still a chance? So for the <laughs> doubters it, the doubters who think no we can't get together with those we how can we make a competitor and somebody way down in the supply chain how can we bring them into our ecosystem that's ridiculous you mean there's a chance maybe it's a brilliant decision i want to thank the three of you for doing the work and picking really interesting quotes from really cool movies and tv shows so appreciate that let's go to the serious roundtable part of our discussion here muriel Rakoto, Rakoto Malal. i hope i'm still saying it right i'm going Going to your statement number one, each of my guests, this is for my audience to know, each of my guests sent me four statements for discussion. I'll pick one from each and we'll go around the table. I'm going to read a little bit of the first one from Muriel because this is long and very detailed and I appreciate that, Muriel, but I don't want to sit here and read. I'll start it and you finish it. She's going to unpack it for about three minutes and I'm going to go to Dave Dunn and say, Dave, respectfully agree or disagree, and we love provocative commentary here with Muriel, and then Matt Ryman, I'll bring you in and ask you to agree or disagree with both, either or both of them. Then I'll pick a statement from Dave's list, read it, we'll unpack that around the table, and one from Matt. Let's see what we cover. So Muriel told me the following. <clears throat> she said, during an interview focusing on circularity with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, Ilham Kadri, the CEO of Solvay, 
and chairman of the World Business Council for Sustainable Development, mentioned that Solve wants to enable more transformational ecosystems and adopt a systemic collaboration with partners. I'm going to stop there, Muriel. Why don't you finish it for us? Go ahead. Yes, so we were talking earlier about um, girl nerds, and I think uh, Ilam, Ilam Kadri is uh, the dream for anyone who wants to go into the chemical industry. She's the CEO of a very large multinational um, corporation, chemical industry, so that's already something. So I'm always listening to what she has to say. And um, what does it mean? It means that we know very well that when you look at the value chain, the chemical industry has been very much associated with a little bit of a polluter um, kind of image when it comes to, to producing material, right? We have very large asset. We need a lot of energy in order to transform anything into something more useful. And now since the past five years, there's been a move really proactive move from the chemical industry, from producer and people who really manufacture and transform material to say, well, it's true, we need a lot of energy for it, but we also are the one who can enable people and users down the value chain to um, go more towards a secure, uh, circular way of making things. So we make the innovation from the beginning, helping them develop greener product, plastics that can be uh, recycled, and um, and also uh, additive for um, battery materials that will be used then for immobility. So they might not be green, as green as other industries when it comes to how they operate, but the product that they actually make is what enables the transform transformation towards a circular economy. And when you look now, um, we're talking about IP, you see more and more uh, collaboration between what you used to be just up one tier or N tiers and or maybe with your supplier. And now since 2016, and this has been reported in the last report from the um, Accenture report about uh, growth and, and a study on innovation in chemicals, there's actually been more consortium created and partnership created between chemical players than um, from a chemical player to someone than the value chain. This means that there's an actual, um, am I going to say, proactive effort to make the move and enable the entire manufacturing industry, the entire world to really transform into a greener, more um, environmentally friendly operation. Thank you. Very, very interesting. Let's go around the table. Mr. David Dunn, I'm being very formal with you. Agree or disagree or add something to what Muriel I, said. Go ahead. I, I agree. Um, I think I, I, there's, there's quite a bit to add. I'll, I'll keep it succinct, but you know, I started, I started in a chemical plant in, I guess, 1985. And at that time we started, well, it was, it was called kind of cradle to grave, right? So you had, you, 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 you developed a product, you made a product and it was consumed or it was basically put into waste. Right. And then, by the I guess it was the 90s um, it we got we got into this cradle to cradle so now we're starting to develop products where 
we create it and if there's a waste distillate, how do we reuse that? Can it go back into the product? Or started looking at really ways to, uh, to, to become more environmentally friendly. It wasn't necessarily called sustainability. There was no circular economy concepts, but it was, it was cradle to cradle. It was a really a very active movement within the chemical industry to start thinking about that. Now, fast forward, as Muriel, Muriel said, to, to 2016, where, uh, yeah, now we're starting to look at the carbon footprint. We're looking at systems to able to be able to what's the what's the carbon footprint of my suppliers of my customers along that whole value chain what's happening to the end product is there waste do we get that back from our customers and can it be reused in the process you know there's there's just a lot more focus on this circularity and sustainability but that also has to be um it, it also has to be a component of the, 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 what we're talking about here about the collaborative network, because I've got I've to trust my suppliers to give me the kind of information I need to be able to track that carbon footprint through the whole process, as well as be close to my customers. How are you using the products? And that's a difficult thing for a lot of customers is I don't want to tell people how I'm using it because it's proprietary and it gets back to the IP comment and all that. And so systems are being used across the board to help at least share the data that needs to be sh uh, shared for those kind of components. And it's, it's really, uh, you know, it's really a, a step change in, in the industry. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Let's get Matt Ryman in here. Matt, agree or disagree? You got a lot to chew on here. Go ahead. Okay, three points. First, I appreciate kicking off with Dr. Kadri and 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 the view kind of Salve brings to this this transformation. Dr. Kadri, I, I saw a video from her the other day. And you you got to listen to this quote, Bonnie. You'll you'll love it. So and 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 she mentioned as a as a publicly traded company, Salve has to have one eye on the microscope, right? There's financial accountability, one eye on the microscope, but also one eye on the telescope. Let that quote sink in. Brilliant, and I think it's an awesome view of the transformation that Muriel described. And I would say, so point number two, like I also come from the industry and I think sustainability and I think recycling, you know, is, is not new. And I think the, the concept of partnerships is also not new. Like for example, BSF and Adidas, They've been collaborating for 30, 30 years, right? And it's about making a new thermoplastic polyurethane, right? And it's not about having this, this um, great product that's about creating an, an experience for, in that case, runners. So now the evolution is, all right, let's take this concept of partnerships. Let's take this focus on sustainability and let's drive it forward in kind of the next, the next phase. So, so I, I, think, I think Marielle described it well. Thank you very much. I think she did too. Muriel, anything you want to say back to your two co-panelists before we move on? I think it's it's important, yes, to point out, like you said, Matt and, and Dave, like partnership has always been true to at the core of the industry of any development, right? At the end of the day, um, most of the manufacturing industry are innovation-based, which means they need to know uh, what the needs are at the end of the value chain. Without this, they will not have a, um, a successful product. That's valid regardless if you make shoes um my lipstick or or a special chemical compound and 
what the challenge is now is is there's a new set of of cards that has been dealt yes. right and that's really they've been doing it on more anecdotal and it, like I will not be able to say this word today anecdotal Anecdotal. So point Anec Thank you, Dolan um Situation. So yes, they done it. You, Margaret said it. They do it with Adidas, and BSF does it with Adidas, and and some other cost customer always publish one corporation <laughs> with the other. But we need really now to have a bigger ecosystem. So an ecosystem of ecosystem. This is where everything is going to move forward. And for this, you need, of course, trust between the players of the ecosystem, and and a true transparency in and out. This needs to be uh, a two-way street. More often than not, someone takes something and then they keep it for themselves. And this is only the only way that the ecosystem can really, really grow. Thank you very much. Great starter, Muriel, for the conversation. I'm, I'm taking away a couple of things. Number one, I'm hearing when you said the ecosystem of ecosystems, I'm thinking a super ecosystem. So where we talk about SaaS, we can talk about SES, a super ecosystem, something that's, that's bigger, that's bolder, that's more inclusive. But I'm also hearing shared values. Dave talking about Circular and Muriel and Matt. If you wanna to talk to companies about what their carbon footprint is and whether they wanna share it or not, do you all buy into the same construct that it's important to measure the carbon footprint and that you all understand the importance and the impact of that? How can you have players in your ecosystem if you don't all have the same, can I call it a value mindset, Muriel? If you're not all on that same page where it's important to me and it has to be important to the companies I work with. So it seems like ecosystem isn't just, hey, we're all in the chemical industry, or hey, we need rubber, and hey, we need, we need plants, and hey, we need metal. Let's all get together and make an ecosystem. You have to have an understanding that you all have the same important values. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Indeed. I think this is really about sharing that common value, that yes. common goal that you want to solve, right? Um, I like yes. talking about problem solving. I'm a scientist. So if I'm given something, I want to solve the problem. That's the problem that I want to solve. And if the different players in your ecosystem realize what value they bring to solving that problem, then only in this constellation with the ecosystem work. But if at the end of the day say, well, actually, you know, I pull my blanket to myself or this is my, my kind of domain, then it will stay to the very one-to-one -one basis and not grow. Thank you very much. Let's move on. Dave, I'm going to combine your statements number one and two. I think they go together to make a, a slightly bigger position here and ask you to expand it. Then, Matt, I'll bring you in to comment on what Dave says. And Muriel, you'll round this one up. And Dave says, the chemical industry has discussed collaboration for years, but there have always been challenges. This is the important part. We're in a situation where collaboration is a necessity. And then Dave adds, the chemical industry is engaged with other partner industries to provide solutions, not just products. Dave, please unpack. Sure. So again, we've, we've talked about collaboration, uh, you know, since I've been in the industry, but again, due to intellectual property and protection and, um, and, and just, there's been a challenge and even systems in, you know, in, in, in before the last 10, 15 years, it's been very hard to collaborate. It's, it's, uh, you know, been more on paper and, 
Um, it, it just hasn't been that simple to do. But as we and, and, and it was definitely uh, very difficult to convince anybody at a senior level to collaborate with a competitor. Right. And um, but our competitors in the industry are our suppliers. There are customers and, you know, and there are competitors and they will buy, especially in the specialty chemical industry, you buy chemicals from your competitors and turn it into new products. And so, but that's not collaboration. That's buying a product. Now what we're talking about is collaboration between competitors to come up with, um, to come up with new products that can help sustainability, help the carbon footprint. Um, I know I worked on a project when I was back in industry with uh, uh, the oil and gas industry as we were a supplier and it was called Deep Star and it was true cooperation to and collaboration to figure out how do we do deep water drilling off the Gulf of Mexico and that was kind of one of the first times I saw really great competition. I mean, a really great collaboration between competition. I think we're starting to see that now in, from the standpoint of being able to, again, come up with superior products that we both contribute on, we both make value on, and our customers get even hyper value. Um, the last thing I'll say, at least on this, is, um, you know, and it's, and again, we've talked about it, but it's partners outside. So the chemical industry partnering with the auto industry and others for, you know, the, the, like, like uh, Katina X, which I think we'll talk about, but you're partnering with others to really, again, find those better solutions. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table and see what your co-panelists have to say. Matt Ryman, join us. Thoughts? Agree or disagree? Dave's in a good mood. He said it's okay if you disagree. <laughs> let me let me expand on it, Bonnie. And I think okay. if you look at the the uh, according to the American Chemistry Council, ninety six percent of all manufactured products are touched by the business of chemistry. So there is complete interconnectivity with with chemicals and all these end value chains. So Dave mentioned automotive, right? And whether you're talking paint, whether you're talking interior components, um, components in the in the engine, tires, adhesives, right? Uh, EV batteries, right? All, all of this right, is, is contributed or, or maybe even perhaps started with the chemical industry. Let's, let's look at electronics. And, and Bonnie, I, you, had, you had a great episode around the chip shortage, right? Chips are produced with significant help from chemical materials. And if we think about in the electronic industry, devices getting smaller in the last decades, this has created kind of a plethora of new materials. Material science, right, is a key piece of achieving some of this desired electrical functionality. So, you know, a couple a couple examples of where you see um, the, the interconnectedness of these value chains. Okay, now how do we create, like Dave's talking about, new outcomes, right? New experiences for our customers. It's that collaboration. And we, here's a, here's a quote. I mean, we mentioned Solve right at their website. We also collaborate with customers, startups, and even competitors in order to move forward because we are convinced that working alongside other complementary skills builds our collective knowledge, right? That's not me. That's, that's the industry, right? That's the industry talking. Thank you. Love the quote. That's right on point with what we're talking about today. Muriel, join us, please. Thoughts? When I 
when I think about what what Dave said, like that that partnership and and are not new, right? That's literally they're not new. We have the new game, and I think looking back at the the past two years, the new rule is you need to be resilient. Resilience is what you need. You can work and do run a hundred meter by yourself, but in 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 this this unpredictable uh, supply chain era, if you do it by yourself, you will not survive. And it started already way back when I was still in the lab. I There was a, a flooding back in Houston and then one of the raw material um, needed for the polyamide um, cycle was short, which means anything that had to do with enclosure of plastic was in shortage. And this, you would have to, at this time, you would have to pick up the phone and figure out who had a big enough warehouse filled with the necessary material to fulfill the demand that you had. It, that you had. And then you realize, well, actually, we all in the same boat. We all are trying to fulfill that one order. We all are trying to um, to solve that one problem. And it, it can be caused by, by some third factor or, or like the weather or, or, or flood in Houston, but it can also be caused by, by regulation, right? This is one of the big motor for collaboration throughout the industry, because those are things that are being set from across the industries, it doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter which size you are, you're gonna to have to collaborate with both small and big players within your industries. You have to collaborate with your partners to understand what the regulations are about. You have to collaborate also with your suppliers and tier suppliers in order to figure out uh, how this one, we were talking about having the same value, right? How this one new regulation is going to impact you? Is it going to impact just one part of my business, my entire business? Is it going to have the same impact across the country? We are often talking about global organization, whether whether this one regulation will impact the mill and mining industry the same way it impacts an uh, mm -hmm. IMNC or, or tele telecommunication, you would think it doesn't. And then suddenly we all end up in the same boat trying to answer and comply with this one. And this is where, when you're in struggle, you have to work together. Wow, that was great. <laughs> A great point. Yes, I, I hesitate, but you know, I'm going to say it, Dave, you're, you know this, I'm going to say misery loves company, right? <laughs> when you're struggling with a regulatory impact of something and you can talk to other, other companies, other people and say, what are we going to do? Maybe that collective, what are we going to do? You either, you either agree to comply in some way, or you say we need to help change the regulation and make it different and make it better. So that's a whole new, whole new ball game there. Dave, quickly comments back to sure. Muriel and, and Matt. Go ahead. Great, uh, great example by Muriel there. And uh, I, I, I appreciate Matt's comments too. I think, um, you know, his comment about the automotive industry. I, when when I ran product development for a long time and, and I think on product development side, we had a, we had, you know, research engineers or research chemists that were trying to develop products and worked with, worked with the industries mm -hmm. and customers somewhat frequently. But, you know, I think um, that we're just in a new phase where it has to happen across the business, not just, not just, and, and we didn't work with our competitors, right? It, you worked with your customers 
Um, didn't really work with suppliers so much. Co uh, procurement did that. So we're seeing just a different extension and a, a much bigger focus on it and a bigger mindset around it, which I think is going to help all of the, our industries go further. Bigger mindset. I like that. That's what we were starting to say in the beginning. Thank you. We've got 12 minutes left. I'm ready with statement number four from Matt Ryman. Matt, you brought in a couple of your other statements already, so I picked this one because I think it's very interesting. You say the chemical industry has an immense responsibility to manage scarce resources and shift society to a more sustainable future. But I want to go to the last statement here. You say uh, the fact of the matter is the industry will continue to reshape itself to better serve customers, serve better society. This is only possible by translating customer requirements all the way through the value chain and finding new ways to do this profitably. Hey, you got to make money to stay in business, right? Business networks create the ultimate flexibility for this evolution. That last line is so packed with buzzwords. Matt, why don't you take three and a half, four minutes, and Muriel will come in briefly, then Dave, and then we'll wrap up. Go ahead, Matt. Okay, let's let's try to keep the buzzwords to a minimum. I think <laughs> I think maybe there there are two kind of phases like of this. So let's say the next ten years. I think like right now you hear the term resilience, right? And and you look at all this all this supply chain disruption, and there's a recognition that networks need to come together to to better share have that data exchange. And Dave mentioned Katana X, right? And this is where you see like this industry alliance coming coming together in the automotive value chain to better manage some of this this disruption, right? And and in chemicals, like this interconnectedness of the value chain, like it experiences what's called the bullwhip effect, right? And and that's essentially like information getting distorted as it flows say from from a customer upstream and so like a network is kind of like the antithesis of, of a bullwhip effect creating that resilience so back to your point bonnie like what's what's the what's beyond that like i think even like the term resilience like in five years maybe we may we may not even be using that term because as as a network right that flexibility so now you have companies working together in new ways creating new molecules i think mm -hmm. that is i think that's what is what's exciting and again like the quote from dr kadri salve like one eye on the microscope one eye on the telescope but again networks are bringing people together bringing businesses together in in new ways to create new molecules to to essentially run society in in new ways so i think that's that's kind of the evolution that we see. I, th I see us going from resilience to, you know, what's the next term we'll, we'll, we'll use? I don't know. But com chemical companies have been around, many of them, for a hundred years, right? Now, they're, many of them are redefining their portfolio and their core competencies for the next hundred years. Like, try to find a company that has the same portfolio for the last X amount of years. It probably doesn't exist, right? There's evolution, and this evolution is stimulated through through these partnerships, through this collaboration. Maybe we need to come up with a term. <laughs> You're going to laugh at this. Molecular ecosystems or molecular business networks, meaning let's look at the molecules and how they're bouncing off of each other and what's coming out. I'm just making this up. Muriel, I'm looking at the clock. We've got nine minutes left to the show. Plenty of time. Muriel, I'd love for you to comment on what Matt said. Agree or disagree? Go ahead. I love that quote about molecular networks. You know, I'm a polymer chemist, so I like to make uh, small networks much bigger. This is how you go about it. One plus one doesn't make two. One plus one makes a thousand. And one plus one with an extra little piece of salt might make a completely different polymer. And this is what it's all about, right? And um, Matt, when you, you mentioned 
um, how, yeah, keeping the eye, both one on the microscope and one on the telescope. This is where really, I don't know, with the current topic on, on sustainability, sustainability are really is like a magnifying glass on, on, on the silo way of companies to work. It's really brought upon the way companies work, regardless of the industry. You have procurements, procurement who has one goal, you have uh, sales who has a different goal. And this is repetitive. You see it all across the industry. It doesn't matter. They have conflicting interests, right? And if you now say, well, now we all have one thing, we all need to operate within the boundaries of the resources that we have within our, in within our planet. There is no other thing doesn't matter you cannot just recreate new lithium you cannot recreate new cobalt for your battery at one point you run out you cannot have new steel and so you see companies or um, industry just like in in japan when they're actually aiming for fully circular steel chain which means any steel that is going to be produced is going to be put back into the market and recycled which means um, um, that you need to have a tracing throughout really your value chain. And, and this can be done also by really, as Matt mentioned, really retransforming your business, retransforming your processes, going back to the, to, the, to the blackboard and defining what really is the essential, you, you, you added value to this entire ecosystem. And once you do this, it might, make you able to still exist in a hundred years, probably not with the same portfolio, but that's okay because we have a complete new, completely new game. They started with a marathon. We looked on a quarterly to quarterly basis, but now you have greenhouse gases goal until 2050, right? So you have to keep on track for that. You need, you're running a marathon or even an Ironman suddenly. And so you have to have really well-defined as an industry, as a group who needs to have the same goal, defined those stepping stones. Thank you very much. Great comments. Dave Dunn, you get to round this round out, and then we're going to close. We've got five okay. minutes left. Dave, go ahead. Sounds good. Thank you. And uh, I think great statements by by Matt and Muriel. Uh, I agree. Um, when Matt was talking, he made me think about, uh, you know, just the, the challenges that that have existed in the past of, of the, the, the changing of information made me think of the telephone game, right? <laughs> By the time, by the time the uh, by the time a lot of the specs and the uh, you know the 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 functional application knowledge got to where it needs to go, either the functional specs were messed up and the and you went through this whole development process and you, you didn't really hit the mark on the product or you know it, there was but. Today, you know, there's a lot better ways and there's a lot better ways to collaborate, share data and do it effectively. And with blockchain and new technologies, you know, you can really securely share the data and make sure that you keep track of everybody that has touched it. And there, you, there's no getting away from saying, oh, we didn't look at that information, you know, so Technology is just going to keep on helping address that intellectual property issue and scare, going to help us continue to collaborate better with a wider set of partners, 
and partners being that collective suppliers, customers, competitors, and people even outside our industry. And it's going to make the industry in general more resilient. I think, I think it will be, as, as Muriel said, it will be a challenge to exist the next hundred years if you don't start, if you don't at some point in probably the near future, start, start acting on this type of process and mentality. And there's the quote I want to bring up from Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Andy Dufresne sitting on a rock outside. They've just left the prison and read Redding, Morgan Freeman. And they say to each other, get busy living or get busy dying. Right, Dave? And that's the message. But our message today yeah. is cutting edge business networks, super ecosystems, talking, sharing values, getting together. And it brings up, <laughs> there's a song from a movie called The Parent Trap. Haley Mills, British actress, who was about 14, played twins, whose parents were getting divorced. They were trying to get a bit. And the song was, let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can have a real good time. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I try not to sing on my radio shows. We have a couple of minutes left. And Dave, I just love the quote. Uh, when I was your age, television was called books. That's really cool. <laughs> Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Matt Ryman. If we don't use the word resilience, I think it's, it's done its thing and sustainability as well what word would you pick to replace the word resilience for meaning pivot bounce back uh flexibility agility what word would you pick instead of resilience as a buzzword putting me on the spot bonnie how i don't let's keep it simple it's about customer outcomes right it's about being like customer centric right i think i think looking backwards from from customer all the way to the value chain so i i, I say i say customer customer outcomes let's just keep it simple focus there mm -hmm. Okay, Muriel, do you have a word to replace resilience? Well, we already said agility, but I would say fluid. Fluid, Ooh. because you have to move around. You have to adapt to, when you are fluid, it doesn't matter. We can put you in a round container, in a square container. You adapt yourself to the, to the room. And how perfect for a talk about the chemical industry, fluidity. I'm a chemist after all. I know, Dave, Dave. I Actually, just benefit from it. Dave, do you have a word for, for resilience? What I was trying to think of is um, Matt had a f phrase earlier. I just, I didn't write it down. Did you write it down, Bonnie? You had said it back to him. What it's do you like think in the first Collective intelligence. Is that what oh, you said? Yes. It was collective intelligence. Matt, yes. is that it? Okay. Yeah, and I got to give a shout out to Dr. Lior Zoreff, who really sparked my interest in this concept of collective intelligence. I'll leave you with, I can leave you with a quote from Dr. Zoreff. Whether we need to make better business decisions, <laughs> find innovative solutions to big challenges, or transform our lives, collective intelligence is the key to making quicker, wiser, more objective decisions. Dr. Zoreff applies in our personal life, applies in our teams, applies in the industry, applies in all these value chains. So collective intelligence. Thank you. And I'll add one short comment, ahead, if you Dave. don't mind. Real short. Bonnie, this, it has to be done profitably. Yep, that was the last word in, in what Matt shared. Was and it, now, it, yes. if you don't have the profitability, you ain't going to be around. You can do it for the good of society, but you need to make money. We need to, to survive and pay your people. Right, there we go. I want to do a shout out again to series sponsor, Judy Kubis. Thank you, Judy. David Dunn, always wonderful when you come on board and, and uh, your showrunner you, for today, a couple times a year. <laughs> Thomas Pohl, also one of the sponsors of the series. Muriel Rakut-Malal. Such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. Good pleasure, Bonnie.
Thank you. Matt Ryman, unbelievable. Thank you so much. I love the, the energy and the passion for the topic, Dave, as well. Thank you also to Gabe and the Business Channel team at Voice America. I'm Bonnie D, and we have a closing. I want you all to listen up. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Muriel Rakut Malal, just like Dave Dunn, and just like Matt Ryman. See you all next time. Wave goodbye, and panel, just stick around for a second. We'll debrief. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to the future of mobility and manufacturing with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.